Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. I'm here today with Jennifer LeBlanc, who is the CEO and founder of Think Results Marketing, a full-service marketing agency that has delivered over $1.5 billion, with a B, in new revenue to clients. It turns out she's also a scientist, as well as being a professional speaker and author, a coach and mentor, and she's well-known in the Bay Area as a strong advocate for advancing women in science and technology. As part of her marketing and executive coaching practice, she's certified as a Master Neurolinguistic Programming, or NLP, coach. That's the science of how we think, interact with one another, and make change in our lives and our business. Jennifer works with entrepreneurs and executives to make quick and lasting change in their lives so they can create the impact they were born to make. And she is currently writing a book entitled Launching for Revenue, How to Launch Your Product, Service, or Company. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. Glad to be here. So tell me, uh, we, we're, you're, you're, reading, you're writing about launching right now, and launches is something that we do in marketing all the time, but sometimes we launch products with all the best intentions, and they're not very successful. So how do you go about, what are the chances of success? How do you go about increasing your chances to be successful when setting out to launch or, or to relaunch either a company or a product? Exactly. That's a great question. Most companies, most launches actually fail, which is when I started doing research into how companies, you know, decide to do a launch well or not well. I was astounded to discover that 35 to 80% of launches fail. Wow. I found that pretty depressing given how much resources in terms of time, energy, money that we put into a launch. I was like, wow, that is not heartening. Um, you know, and it's fairly well known that 50% of U.S. companies fail within the first five years, and that's usually, you know, in the beginning phases when they're launching the company, launching a new product, a new service, et cetera, right? And then I looked into high-tech growth companies, which, you know, we use a lot, we work with a lot of startups here in Silicon Valley, and that was worse, 92% failure rate in the first three years. Oh, my God. Wow. Right. So that's like, less than one well, in ten are making it. Yeah, wow. Right, right, depressing, very depressing. So when I did that, I was okay, you know, I've, I've seen companies be successful and I've seen companies be not successful in their launches. So what's the difference between the 92% of startups that fail and the 8% that survive and the 50% of companies that fail in their first five years and the 50% that survive? And, you know, how can you be part of the, you know, 35%, you know, to 80% not be in that? category, what, what's with the other ones that are successful, right? right. There's got to be something about them. Right. So, so what did you, you find? Well, I'm a scientist, as you mentioned. So I looked at, you know, spent the last, you know, 15 years studying launches, last yep. 20 years really, studying launches and said, okay, how can we really look at identifying, isolating, study, and manage those factors? So as a result of that work and a variety of proprietary research and just kind of stapling myself, as Jeffrey Moore says, to the problem, um, I realized that there really are 10 elements that define success or failure in a launch. Okay. And so that's really what I've been focused on for the last you know, 10 years of working with clients is 
managing those 10 elements, isolating them, identifying them, and manage them so they're successful. And I just want to clarify, because you're running a marketing agency, but when you're talking about these elements, you're talking beyond just a marketing launch, but the actual launch of a company or product, right? Correct. So it's, it's, it could be a company, a product, or a service. Sometimes those are intermingled, right? Sometimes right. a company, a startup is launching with a product or with a service, right? And so sometimes there's a sort of a fuzzy line between those two that can get, you know, complicated. But right. usually there's, you know, one or more of those elements, one or more of those things that we're launching when we're working with a company. Exactly. So tell us, uh, so obviously you've worked on a number of launches over the years, and some of them have been successful. So can you give us an example of one that you think was successful and tell us why? So there's a, there's a couple. There's one that wasn't ours and one that was ours. Um, so Airbnb, for example, they relaunched mm-hmm. themselves a couple of years ago with a new logo. And there was lots of pushback about that logo, as you recall. Yep. And they, they relaunched for the right reasons. You know, they used to just be about you know, the lodging. Now it's about experiences and the hosts, and it's, you know, this mm-hmm. much more encompassing vision. So they relaunched for the right reasons, and they stuck to their guns despite – the pushback on that logo, which was just the visual element of a much larger launch right. and relaunch for Airbnb. And they stuck to their guns, you know, dealt with the criticism because everyone's a marketer and everyone's going to have criticism about what you do in marketing. And they're stronger than ever. And I think part of that is because they knew why they relaunched. They knew what they had planned. They knew what their vision was. They were expecting, because I read a couple articles at the time, they were expecting pushback, yep. and they just persevered and kept going with their vision. And no one talks about it anymore. Right. Do you think right. it's part of it successful. is um, if you expect a pushback and you let people know, then it's a, lo- a little bit easier to get through it? Exactly. And that is typically part of a relaunch. I've been through many relaunches. I was I did a relaunch here in the Bay Area, and we had that exact same request. The board was like, um maybe we should change our name. I'm like, we just changed our name. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's do it again. Right. And they're like, well, but people don't really like it. And, you know, we're getting asked because the first few weeks we got nothing but positive feedback. And then we started to get some grumbling from people. And so they asked us to look at, I was internal at that point, asked us to look at the cost of changing it back or, which we couldn't change it back for a variety of reasons, but, you know, to a not, yet another name. And I was like, this is not a good idea. Yeah. But, you know, the board really paid attention when I said, yeah, it's going to cost us $1.5 million to change what we just spent $2 million on. Right. Right. You, so and and you're going to confuse everybody. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's just going to make things worse. And they've persevered yeah. as well, and they're doing very well in the marketplace now. So, so tell me about, you're going to tell about another period. launch. Yeah. So there was, was another company that we worked with personally okay. um, here at Think Results, and they went from $5 million in revenue, or $5 million in funding, sorry, to $50 million in funding to $500 million in a purchase acquisition of 27 people, essentially, because they had wow. a great product, really promising biotech product, and great positioning. I think that's another really important piece is the positioning. You know, the yep. strategy work has got to be in there in order to be successful. But I think that was also the case in Airbnb. Their strategy was very clear. They knew what that was. They stuck to their guns about it. And I think if your strategy is clear and your positioning is clear, in this case, their technology was very complicated. Yep. And for those that did know about this particular technology, it had some kind of bad rap, mm-hmm. I would say, um, among the scientific community. So we had to be very careful with the positioning to sort of ad- address those very 
you know, educated folks who knew a little bit about this technology, but most people, especially the funding community, knew nothing about this technology. Right. It was really essentially brand new, but not easy to explain over, you know, a cocktail conversation. <laughs> so that was really a challenging project in that way to make it really straightforward and really simple, this very complex technology. So is simplifying the complex, is that one of the key things to being successful in the launch? I think absolutely. I mean, if you're not clear in your positioning and people don't can't understand it, you know, I used to have a, a, a CMO who would say to me, can my grandma understand it? <laughs> and that was always his standard. You know, no matter how yep. complex the technology, you've got to make it so my grandma gets it. Yep. And he was so right. If you can get it down to the point where you can make, no matter how complex the technology, you can make it really simple and make it really clear what benefit that would bring to you, Yep. then I think people, oh, I get it. You know, they, they just glom right onto it. But you've got to get the complex down to incredibly simple, which is an incredibly hard thing to do intellectually. Yeah. Very hard. Yeah, because well, sometimes we try to make it more complicated, right? I mean, to try to show mm-hmm. all the value because we want to add this complexity. Right. Yep. So, right. And if you, don't, if you do that, you've just lost people. You can do that later, like when you get to talking with the engineers and they want to know all the details of stuff. Sure. Right. But first off, you've got to make whatever it is, whether it's a product, a new service, or a company, something you know, that your grandma can get. And if your grandma can get it, great. Then you can have the next level of conversation and the next level and the next level. But don't try to give them all the bells and whistles the very first time they hear about your company, product, or service. It's like trying to eat the whole elephant at once, yeah. It's just yeah. too overwhelming. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we know we need exactly. to keep the complex as simple as possible. What else should people mm-hmm. think about when they're planning a launch? I mean, you've done a lot of research on this. You've seen the good. You've seen the bad. You've identified these ten elements. What else should do you want to tell us that we should be thinking about to be in that small successful number and not that big failure number? I think the big difference I've seen, I mean, you know, we use these 10 elements to assess where a company is and then, you know, decide where they're weakest and where we need to put our effort. Because it doesn't matter who you are. Every company has limited time, energy, and money. Right. Um, so, you know, it's not a, my startups complain and I tell them stories about you know, some of my larger clients and you know, they have the same problem you have. It's just on a different scale. Yep. So the key is, I think, is strategy planning and positioning. Those are the things that I think make the difference between companies that are successful and those that are not. Companies that are trying to, you know, launch in a week and a half tend not to get anywhere. Yep. Um, you know, we have done launches in two weeks that were successful, but, you know, that was sort of a rare case. Yep. Um, you know, mostly, I mean, we did some proprietary research a couple of years ago and to see if, you know, what we were experiencing with our clients, because we live in a bubble in Silicon Valley, is that representative of the rest of the world. So we did this research and we found out that what people were seeing broadly were pretty much what we were seeing. And so we asked folks, for example, how long was your last launch? And I think it was 54% said um, it was one to three months. Mm -hmm. And then we asked them a follow-up question and we said, okay, so if you could have designed that launch process so it was more successful, you know, what would that timeline look like? Would it have been the same? Would it have been shorter, longer? And 50% said they would they'd recommend three to six months, and that's what I'm always recommending to clients. You need to be planning three to six months ahead of your launch, which in Silicon Valley seems like a lifetime. But 
that is really sort of the sweet spot of being able to get all of the strategy and thinking and positioning and analyzing what the competition is doing and where can you put yourself so that you're not kind of in a corner of the playing field, but you have a whole other playing field that you can live on and then defend that position from there and move forward and be successful in the marketplace. Or if you have a complex technology, it takes time to distill that down to something simple. So really, you know, planning ahead and, and being strategic. There's no point in starting up a Google AdWords campaign if your website is full of spelling errors. <laughs> you know, well, you, don't you have, have to get the foundation yep. down first, right? Yep, absolutely. And I'm glad you're saying this because in my book, Marketing Above the Noise, I talk about this. That people talk about mm -hmm. how, oh, everything is different and new and we have new technology and marketing is not the way it used to be. And to a certain extent, that's true. But if you go back to the basics, nothing has changed. You need strategy. Yeah. You need to know who your audience is. You need to be positioned. You need to have, uh, you know, understand who your customers are, who your suppliers are, who your partners are, and have all that done first. Then you can go out and run AdWords or, or, you know, or, or Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is new technology you want to use. But you don't even know whether those are the right media to reach people unless you've done this upfront work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think we have lots of tools, which is great, and we have the ability, you know, I love it as a scientist. We have tons of data now in marketing, so we can really take a look at what's working and what's not working. But there's no point in driving a bunch of leaves to the top of the funnel if they all go sideways because you have no way to catch them. Or right. people get to your landing page and it doesn't work. Or, you know, you don't have a compelling lead magnet for them. Or, or any number of things that I see, you know, in the funnel that causes a very, very leaky funnel. What's the point? In fact, it's not, it's worse than doing right. that. Right. Yeah, you've got me interested. Because you may never get those people back. Yeah. And once you've got me interested and I go there and it didn't work, it's like, hey, I'm done. Yeah, you have me once right. and that's I'm it. I'm not going to come back six months from now. Yep. When you, when you get your, you know, your act together and you have all that stuff and you start a new campaign, I'm going to be like, oh, gosh, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. I'm not going to try that again. That's uh, fascinating. We've been talking with Jennifer LeBlanc, who's the CEO and founder of Think Results Marketing, and her new book is entitled Launching for Revenue, How to Launch Your Product, Service, or Company. Is there one final um, kind of piece of advice if, if people don't listen? Obviously, they have to plan for it, but one thing that you'd like to let folks know about things they should be thinking about before they launch. I think the number one thing is don't try to do it all perfectly and don't try to do it alone. Yep. Um, you know, definitely you need to prioritize which things are important and which things are not because nobody's going to be perfect at everything. Right. So, but knowing what matters and where you can really optimize your time, money, and energy is really important going to the launch because it can be exhausting. I've been through many of them, and they, they can really wear out a team. Yep. So make sure that you're smart about it and you, you go into that with your eyes open and understanding why you're doing everything because there will be periods when you as the leader are afraid because you're making a big change. There will be periods when you get pushback from customers or suppliers who maybe didn't understand because you didn't communicate well about the change because um, it's a change management process, really. It's right. a big change management process. So I think just being smart about it and being aware that there's going to be periods that will be rough either for your team or for you as the leader and understanding that before you get into it. Got it. That makes sense. And where can they find more information on your thoughts and ideas and suggestions of how to be more successful at launching? 
Well, there's actually all, all at Think Results Marketing, but there's actually a free quiz if people are in the process of getting ready for a launch that they can take. So if they go to thinkresultsmarketing.com backslash launch quiz, they'll get to the free quiz. Um, and if they're interested in the book, it's thinkresultsmarketing.com slash book. So either one of those, um, if they want the full deal, the book's coming out in the spring. And if they want, um, you know, the, the quiz, that's up now and they can take it and it gives them a quick, you know, like takes like three minutes self-assessment on the 10 elements and where they sit so they have a sense of for, their, for themselves about where they sit in preparation for launch. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. We've been talking with Jennifer LeBlanc, CEO and founder of Think Results Marketing. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Linda. It was great. This is Linda Popke. Until next time, thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, contact us at www.leverage2market.com.